Osiris. Having a songwriting oriented album is, it feels great. It feels like we can achieve this. I mean, we, we are who we are uh, in terms of musicians and songwriters and who, however anyone else perceives it. But we ourselves felt successful, I think, with this record. And it was a kind of, it just sort of happened in, like unintentionally because of being in the pandemic. But the songs naturally played themselves out as our most mature pieces of work, I think, in terms of songwriting. And we still have fun with it and do it the old school way where we, like work it out together the parts oh wait let's go back to that part that two bar phrase that you know six eight bar revisit that you know we still do that once in a while just because you know you got to keep it keep it real you know hey it's chris myers i play drums vocals yeah i think for ordinary times to me this is like the real rock moment on the album and that's that's the other thing that that kind of hits you in the face right at the beginning it's like oh there are those distorted guitars and like really chunky rhythmic stuff so you know like you said i think that definitely fits into the classic Humphreys sound and i think it was a good spot to you know to have something to kind of uh mix it up on the record from a lot of these other things that seem to be very related thematically ryan stays like covid nine ordinary times my uh, initial response was definitely stone temple pilots but when it came to the bass for this one i just thought what would Yoko Ono do? Welcome back to Talking Circles, a podcast about Umphreys McGee's 2022 album, Asking for a Friend. With the record released, we're diving into the deep cuts to give you the inside scoop on everything that went into the band's new record. In this episode, we're hanging out once again at Red Rocks for our second of three deep dives into Umphrey's new record. Today, we're discussing Ordinary Times, a tongue-in-cheek joke at the not-so-ordinary times it was written and recorded in. We'll dive into the nostalgic nature of the album overall, plus chat a bit about the influences for the song, and finally share some insight into percussionist Andy Farrag's final impact on each song. All of this was recorded live backstage at Red Rocks ahead of the band's June 2022 shows as we were literally talking in a circle as a group about the album and where the band finds themselves at this point in their career. There's a line in there. Something, da, 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 ordinary times. And I, I thought that was cool because it was just quite the opposite. We were living in the opposite of ordinary times during COVID. Brendan Bayless, anti-Joel Cummins. This song, I'm initially, Jake had mentioned Stone Temple Pilots, and I remember listening to the demo trying to figure out something to sing over it, and I kept picturing Wyland with no shirt on doing his dance, and then I was, I had a couple ideas, and I listened back, and I was like, I sound like I'm trying to be Wayland. So I had to completely abandon, yeah, I had to put a shirt on. As we've highlighted throughout this series, Bayless approaches lyrics with a twofold mindset communicating his immediate experiences through both direct statements and muddled metaphors, while also matching syllables to rhyme. Ordinary times is no different, as the chorus emerged from his immediate experiences of the stress of COVID. The working title of this song was COVID-9, because I was, you know, we were all pretty much stuck at home. I was stuck at the studio, 
which is not a bad thing to have stuck at home and quarantining. Um, so I was probably writing quite a bit. So I had COVID one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And this was like the ninth one. And then, so, so this one kind of, again, kind of has a nineties feel like grungy, little sound gardeny, little stone temple pilots kind of vibe, you know? And cause like, like I said before, nothing's necessarily original. Everything kind of, kind of reeks of something, you know? So, so that this one kind of has that cool, uh, slippery guitar sort of part. So it kind of, uh, the, where the chords mirror out like a melody rather than just like playing chords in a verse or something. The, 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 the chords are kind of cool because they move around as a melody rather than just like chugging chords, you know, which is kind of neat about this one. Yeah, like everybody said, it had that Stone Temple Pilots feel. And this was actually, I think my percussion parts were the last last overdubs that we did for this whole album. It was the final thing that I did. Yeah, good stat there. I remember listening to it on repeat, trying to figure out what to sing over it. And I had just the melody for the, the descending major part in the middle. And I had the melody, but I didn't have the lyrics. And it was right in the middle of COVID. And I was just screaming at my kids <laughs> all the time. And the lyric is, I'm starting to think you like the way that it sounds when I scream. And that's literally me just, I like yelling at my children, like you don't even, you're not even threatened anymore because you're so used to the amount of screaming because of the chaos of COVID. So lyrically, I think that was the first thing I had and I had nothing else around it for six months. I'm starting to think you like the sound that I make when I scream. I forgot how to fake, it's harder to take away the blame, it's on me. I'm starting to shake from all my mistakes that I make. I don't mean. With the lyrics locked in and the theme of the song agreed upon by all, the band moves toward building out the track. Immersion is the key here, as each member listens for their own inspiration and adds elements that will ultimately showcase their own voice. As we'll hear throughout this episode, Ordinary Times had the dual effect of sounding like an Umphreys classic out of the gate and pushing the band into a clear rock space on a record dipped in nostalgia. Well, before I start adding, I think, first of all, what should I steal from Jake's drum parts? Because his drum parts are quite excellent when he does these demos. Because I don't know in case anyone knows, when you ask about the drum parts, the demos come and when Jake does it, he's, he's a killer drummer, so he's got it all covered. Makes it easier for me. But uh, at the same time, he and I also kind of share the same, the cap we put on, the hat we put on for certain like interpretations. Like I felt progressive. I feel like uh, the progressive rock kind of, like I use the word majestic, meaning like the symphonic rock, like yes, slow and like anthemic was what I was feeling with his drum part. So like, when you play a certain figure, right, or accents in the music, it's not always just me just not playing the accents, it's me playing just the accents and leaving space in between for fills and setting up the fills. It's kind of like big band drumming, you know, where you, you, you look at a chart, it doesn't tell you what fill to play, it just gives you a figure. And then you have to interpret it based off of what the, 
who the composer is. And if, if Jake's the composer, then I know what he would probably want. Uh, and then that's what I figure out. That's how I figure out fills. And since it's a slower one, I could play less busy and, f and be like more big and bombastic with lower toms, like, like a grunge production from like Butch Vig or something, you know, big. And uh, the roomier sound too. When you say that, I hear you doing like a beckon call. Da 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 pukaka do. You hear like 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 a guitar riff happen. You know da da do ta da do do ta pukata do do. And then you put the you put a fill in between the 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 actual riff, which is kind of cool. It's like a Keith Moon thing, where it's like or like a vocal line, and then the drum part would sort of mirror the vocal line too. It's like I like how Keith Moon would do. It's kind of represents that a little bit. The back and forth communication. The focus on dementing one member's ideas and then evolving as a singular group towards a new idea. Shifting with precision into a new musical space, all the while returning to the original idea presented. These are hallmarks of classic Humphrey's songs. As the band acknowledged, there was something about ordinary times that felt like a part of their larger lineage. We used to do like these longer, more complex progier forms, add a tag phrase here or there, change it the second time, and maybe the third time. I used to call it shoots and ladders. But yeah, it's great to keep glorifying that in our sound and never abandon it, even though we have matured as songwriters. Yeah, I feel ordinary times has almost goes back to like an anchor drops kind of chemi chemistry and form to the song like you like you were saying it, it it sounds like a little bit more like classic umphreys i think is is a, is a little bit more in there yeah the progressive anchor drops era comes full circle i think we we just had the instrumental form for a long time i was trying to think about what i could add and again ended up kind of going the synthier route on the verses and then some B3 and some you know little louder stuff for for Jake solo but uh you know Jake did a lot of overdub work on this later with the solo and I just remember hearing later versions of this and getting more and more excited as I heard the stuff that he was adding to it so the last like minute and a half it's just this epic con continuous guitar solo that uh for for me really uh gets me fired up I like it a classic-sounding tune would presume a classic-sounding live performance. But as we've discussed throughout this series, the path from studio to stage is dotted with rediscoveries, new ideas, substitutions, and ultimately relearning new material in an effort to present it in its purest form live. Once it makes it to the stage, though, transcendence is surely right around the corner. There's a lot of big parts in this song, the opening riff, obviously, but then the verse was like, just that right there could be vamped before vocals even come in. So I think once it comes to stage, we can take it for a ride and, and have a lot more fun with it. But then at the end, it's got the, the fireworks going off, which I think with the light show and it, I think it's going to have a nice, a nice place uh, in the live setting for sure. Yeah, I tend to like placing guitar solos at the end of songs where there's usually a big guitar break in the middle. And one of our secret formulas is that I would put the guitar solo at the end of the song, which is a little different than most conventional songwriting. Two, you know, a verse, chorus, 
solo break, verse, chorus, out, you know, is the normal. But we, we always tend to do these solos at the end. Seems to be kind of like storytelling. One final aspect of an Umphreys McGee song is that there's always space for a dash of something more added to truly make them magical. Within their recording sessions, that responsibility comes down to percussionist Andy Farrig. Adding his parts once the final song is cut, he ensures each track leaps off the page and has enough sonic energy to it that it can go to print. Yeah, typically uh, for percussion, I wait uh, until most of the parts are done, especially for songs that are brand new and that we haven't played live or something that I don't have parts for. Usually, I mean, sometimes I'll do them when Chris is doing his drum tracks. We have parts figured out, but it just makes sense to put those things down at the end when everything else is laid down so I can listen to everything and, and put, you know, the appropriate things down and not overdo things. On the next episode of Talking Circles, we'll dive into the final track we discussed during our Red Rock session, Escape Goat. Talking Circles is a production of Osiris Media and Humphreys McGee. Audio production by Matt Dwyer. Written and produced by Brian Brinkman, RJB, and Kevin Browning. All interviews and audio used with permission from Humphreys McGee. Osiris. <laughs>